0: Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, and right now, book by book, we got to look at Habakkuk last week, which was a treat, and we, we saw how, in many ways, that kind of uh, rounded out this uh, story arc about Assyria. Uh, now, where we come to Zephaniah today, we, we walk into the situation where they're uh, loyal Assyrian vassals. Uh, that's what Ahaz signed them up for. They're working through the ramifications of that. Uh, but there is a bigger threat than the Assyrians that is coming quickly on the horizon. And that's exactly what Zephaniah is talking about. And so the question that he has for King Hosea is uh, well, are you going to be spared? This big judgment that is just around the corner and Adida, it was not very long after Zephaniah prophesied. Uh, another one of these little curious books that I, I think that when we just kind of throw it in there in the lectionary, people kind of scratch their heads and say, I don't know, sounds like fire and brimstone. Uh, let's try to make some sense of it today. As our guest, uh, we have the Reverend Dr. Nathan Metter. He's senior pastor at St. John Lutheran Church and School. Uh, Also among the the many hats and titles he wears, he is the official Lutheran pastor of the B93 Morning Show. Good morning, brother. Good to have you back with us.
1: Good morning, my friend. Reporting for duty, sir. (laughs) That's right. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. I'm always ready to play. Yeah. Did you play uh, football in school? Actually, growing up in Edwardsville, right across the river from St. Louis, Metro East Lutheran High School did not start having football until my freshman year in college when I went to uh, Mechline.
0: Ah. Uh, I okay.
1: should have played football, but they didn't <laughs> have it. Um, you know, and, and you know, it'd be one of those things where, you know, I've always been, while I have the face for radio, when you see my physique, <laughs> I, I'm built like an offensive lineman. Um, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, kind of round in the middle and heavy in the bottom and tough to move. And that—that's, I have well, no doubt in my mind. I'm—I have no doubt in my mind that I would have played <laughs> guard or tackle. No, I'm not uh, fast. I'd have been a guard. You know, somewhere, somewhere, make one of those, make one of those guys trying to get to the quarterback run a long way around me. You know, yeah. Oh well, yeah. You know, when it's I get a, down and get role. when I get down and get a wide, I'm, it's a half day trip. You know, you almost need to pack a <laughs> lunch. You know, so. Uh, but uh no I, it's crazy. I have the the sports I participate in are the ones that you would exfe- expect a middle-aged fat man to do like golf and bowling. Um but every once in a while I surprise people. I I, I do ref high school football and uh Oh okay. and I and I still ref high school basketball. So it's there amazing the fir- the first time these young kids, you know, see their pastor who's uh Um, I'm not fat, I'm fluffy. Um, when they see me, (laughs) uh, when they, when they see me, you know, don the stripes and, uh, sprint down the sideline in front of a fast break, you know, they're like, wow.
0: Yeah. Reffing, reffing high school basketball is actually a sport on its own. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's not quite, you know, reffing, um, you know, soccer, I guess, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, on, on the way up there. So I knew uh, I knew <laughs> a, a
1: buddy, of, a buddy of mine did a master's burn. I did an undergraduate project for a FIED class. He was a capable young official and he actually wore a pedometer for a <laughs> yeah. month. He wore a pedometer for a month. Every time he officiated just varsity basketball. Oh, buddy. And he figured, uh, on average, you run about four miles during a varsity basketball game.
0: Well, I, I totally believe it, man. Yep. Those guys <clears throat> are moving. Uh well, it I don't know if I have be, it
1: also helps to be half deaf that I can't hear anybody.
0: So <laughs> well, uh, that, that too, yeah, I know, and especially in basketball, right? It just can be like an echo chamber and so just like yeah, yep, well
1: the problem I, I can... is I I'm the I'm the I'm always the bad guy. Um it's it's also quite interesting when the coaches find out what I do for a living. I did a game Saturday night, we'd have a four thirty service on Saturday and I had to bolt out of here quickly and and uh, walked into a gym Saturday night with you know I came right from church so I'm I'm still got, I still have my collar on. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. You can you can get the looks. I walk into the small town gym and I'm you know I've got my collar on and they're looking at me and they see me dragging my bag and I said like, and you can or you can and of course as <laughs> so many years of officiating I hear so much, I hear the stuff whispered behind me better than anything said to my face. <laughs> Is that is is that referee a priest? And I turned around and looked. And I said, No, a Lutheran pastor. And I just kept going to the locker room. And for you know, for some reason, they didn't yell at me as much that night. So it was, well, it was nice. you
0: know, there there is there is uh, something about that, right? The the overlap between um, you know prophet and a referee. I mean, that's sort of what Zephaniah is functioning as, right? He's the ref. Who's yep. got to say, hey. Uh, you, you can't—I'm not going to let this stuff fly. God's not going to let this stuff fly, and, you know, there's going to be consequences if you keep going down that route.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Call them like we see them. That's
0: right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to talk about that, looking at Zephaniah. So what? what is he calling out? Uh, what What are these things that he's having to stop and blow the whistle for? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good, some good stuff for today. Uh, glad to, to have you on with us. Would you start us off with a prayer
1: before we turn to the text? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, on this morning, when, our mercies, when your mercies are new, undeserved, and yet so richly poured out upon us in Christ, uh, we rejoice. Uh, and yet, oh Lord, we know that in the midst of those mercies, we are still overwhelmed by our own failings. And we need that daily and constant call to repentance. We pray, O Lord, that as we dig in this word that calls Israel to repentance, that we would embrace the fact that we too are Israel and you are calling us to repentance. That we take this seriously, that we receive your word, Uh, that it strike us, that it then lead us back to Jesus so that we might know the inheritance that you have prepared for us from the foundation of the world which is eternity with you, and that we might in turn share that wonderful joy with those around us. We pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. So setting this up a little bit here, um, like I was mentioning we've been looking at these these prophets and these books that have a lot to do with Assyria, and now now there's a turn here. We, we had in Jonah, we had in Habakkuk, you know, this call to God, hey, how long are the Assyrians just going to keep getting away with murder here? Uh, it seems like this is going to go on forever. And after Ahaz uh, sells out Judah and uh, and and just has basically you know puts the hit on the north through Assyria, uh, his uh, he's succeeded by Manasseh who reigns for fifty five years. And so it seems like oh man this like Assyria thing with the with our new arrangement as their vassals this is just going to keep going on forever. And so when you get to Zephaniah. It's a, it's a pretty big moment in Israel's history, I think, that all of a sudden, hey, look, guys, no, this Assyria thing is not going to last. It is going to come to a very abrupt end, um, and, and that's that's sort of where it seems like Zephaniah comes in, right?
1: Yes, yes, it does. Zephaniah, you know, and it, it, it's one of those things, you know, we think our—this is one of our great problems. We think our biggest problem is is the one we're already experiencing— and what Zephaniah comes out says, "You ain't seen nothing yet you know, because, you know again assyria as those you know those 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 naughty nasty Ninevites you know the assyrians uh you know as they as they uh you know they were not nice people i mean you know you you hear about you hear about them you know what they did you you know their idea of dinner dinner theater is you know skinning a skinning a captive alive you know you know uh you know past the soup. Uh, uh, but but you know, and they think they're bad, um, and and yet what what's going to happen is, they're what's coming after them is even worse for Judah. And, and again, again, you have this false sense of security at times, because I mean Assyria got all the way to the doorstep of Jerusalem, uh, and 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 then all of a sudden you know they didn't believe the guy the Judah didn't they thought they were done, yeah. And then God you know all, in one night in one night God delivers them. And, and all of a sudden, their fortunes change, and and how quickly, and how quickly we forget. You know, we forget what God has done. You know, and 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 there's a consequence for forgetting what God has done. And if you think what God has done in the face of the Assyrians is bad, just wait, because you ain't seen nothing yet.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. And and uh, we, we I, I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, Hezekiah and and the and the big. Uh, I mean, I mean, we talked about that, you know, ages ago. It seems like when we were yep. going over Isaiah, but, but right. right after after Ahaz, you know, even sells them out to Assyria. Well, that's that's not as if Assyria is just you know chummy with them. <laughs> there's like there's no really being chummy with Assyria. So you know they ha- they have that and and they, they are nearly off wiped the bully, out. Is
1: what they did? They bought off the bully.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, and then, that's right.
1: And then but then eventually, what's going to happen is the bill comes due.
0: That's right. That's right. And so it, it seems like it's going to just come due, and it's going to cost them everything with Hezekiah. It nearly does. Um, and, and there's this moment of, okay, look, you know, we're, we're a moment of faithfulness, a moment of, you know, there's going to be a man here who rules as God's, you know, uh, chosen Messiah. Uh, like, he really is representing God and not just his own interests. But then, yeah, but then we get into Manasseh. Um, we get into to the short lived Amon, and and now we got Josiah and it's just kind of sort of again as we see generation after generation, what kind of king is this going to be? What kind of uh, generation of God's people is this going to be? And and yeah and so Hezek- uh, Hezekiah here um, is uh, succeeded here by uh, his I mean his, what, his like great grandson Josiah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a couple generations. Um, I mean like what this is like all almost 60 years after Hezekiah, Um, you know, so what kind of king is Josiah going to be? And uh, here's the question that Zephaniah poses to him. So looking at Zephaniah chapter 2 today, but just to give us a little bit of context, we're going to go ahead and read the the first six verses of the book just to kind of set things up. All right, so here's the first six verses, and then we'll look at chapter 2. Mm-hmm. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the king, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal, and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests, who those who bow down on the roofs to the host of the heavens, those who bow down and swear to the Lord, and yet swear by Milcom, those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. Gather together. Yes, gather, O shameless nation, before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land who do his just commands. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord." For Gaza shall be deserted, and Ashkelon shall become a desolation. Ashdod's people shall be driven out at noon, and Ekron shall be uprooted. Woe to you, inhabitants of the seacoast, you nation of the Karathites! The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines, and I will destroy you until no inhabitant is left. And you, O seacoast, shall be pastures with meadows for shepherds, for folds and flocks, the sea coast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah, on which they shall graze. In the houses of Ashkelon they shall lie down at evening. For the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes. I have heard the taunts of Moab and the revilings of the Ammonites, how they have taunted my people and made boasts against their territory. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Moab shall become like Sodom, And the Ammonites like Gomorrah, a land possessed by nettles and salt pits and a waste forever. The remnant of my people shall plunder them, and the survivors of my nation shall possess them. This shall be their lot in return for their pride, because they taunted and boasted against the people of the Lord of hosts. The Lord will be awesome against them, for he will famish all the gods of the earth, and to him shall bow down each in its place all the lands of the nations." You also, O oh Cushites, shall be slain by my sword. And he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, and he will make Nineveh a desolation, a dry waste like the desert. Herd shall lie down in their midst, all kinds of beasts, even the owl and the hedgehog shall lodge in her capitals. A voice shall hoot in the window. Devastation will be on the threshold, for her cedar work will be laid bare. This is the exultant city that lived securely, that said in her heart, I am and there is no one else. What a desolation she has become, a lair for wild beasts. Everyone who passes by her hisses and shakes his fist. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. You know, it really is such a mixed prophecy, because on, on the one hand, I mean it just sounds bad it just sounds like everyone including Judah <laughs> is going to just have this heavy hand fall upon them this is a it's just a, it's a picture of a universal disaster no one no no one in this in this uh, chapter is like oh and you nation of you know x or y you guys will be okay just everybody else no no everyone is going to have this hit them and so on the one hand it's scary. Um, it's bad news even for Judah. But on the other hand, you know there is this. Well, at least God's you know taking Assyria down like we've been praying all this time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like be careful what you wish for. So so Assyria is going to finally you know get their just desserts. And there, and there is this like this little kind of good news going on right. And in verse nine, like the remnant of my people shall plunder them. So there's going to be a remnant. That gets to plunder, you know. So there's a little bit of light here, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is so mixed and just overall very dark, though.
1: Well, you know, and you know, and this is one of those things. So you you look at those first six chapters of of or uh, 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 the first six verses of chapter one, and yeah. that sounds very flood like. You know, it, mm, it, yeah. You know, when t- you know, you use in fact, there's there's some common vocabulary. You know, when it talks about when when it talks about the the, the everything's going to be swept away. You know this is it, it, this is flood language, and mm-hmm. and, and yet, it, and, and yet what he's saying is, you think the flood was bad? Again, mm-hmm. you ain't seen nothing yet. You know this mm-hmm. is the you know, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to, and and yet even in chapter two, but you're right in chapter two, with with the complete devastation, because at this point right now, everybody thinks Assyria is the biggest baddest. You know they they are yep. the superpower. Right. You know. You know, and 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 like you said, we've sold we've sold our soul to them, mm-hmm. in, in thinking that's the only way for us to be safe. We've paid off the bully. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna pay him to be our friend, so he doesn't so he's not our enemy. You know, he, I'm gonna give him my milk money every day, so he doesn't beat me up behind the schoolhouse. Um, and, and and we think, Whew, oh, we're safe, and, and, and no, we're not. Um, you know what we 've done the rest of the world has either been beaten up by him or made alliances with him, and the problem is we 've made alliances with, with with you know with, with evil yeah and and god 's not going to tolerate this and, and yet salted in chapter two are are you know it, 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 it's it 's in there you know in the midst you know and that 's one of the things in the midst of the darkness, there are these little glimmers of light they 're the promise that you know, you know, it, it, you know, verse three talks about it. seek the Lord, humble the land, and and seek righteousness. Perhaps you know this is that same kind of you, yeah. using the language that using the language that that the king of Nineveh made when Jonah came. You mm-hmm. know, we're gonna put all that, We're gonna we're gonna put we're even gonna put our animals in sackcloth because yep. who knows? Perhaps God will show mercy. And, and and you know so th- and this is coming from the lips of the king of of this horrid place. This is these are actually then become words of light and promise in the midst of whatever what seems to be utterly devastating.
0: Well, and, and I think that for for me this is a this is just a fascinating and valuable chapter here because I, I think that sometimes. I, I guess there's a there's a feeling of discontinuity. Like, well, the New Testament does something weird. Like, you know, the Old Testament is like, you know, if, if God's happy with you, He blesses you and he, and you prosper. And, and if, he, if He's unhappy with you, you know, He curses you and and you suffer. Right? But in the New Testament, we take this different, you know, spiritual direction. And now we talk about you know being blessed in the midst of suffering and and, and stuff like this. Like we've we've gone like kind of more spiritual or more abstract or something.
1: But you'd make a good Gnostic.
0: Yeah, right, right, exactly, right? That's like that's like what you that's what you hear, I think, that, that there's right. some kind of a development or something. But like, I, I don't think that, that that's really fair to, you know, stuff like Zephaniah here, because as you were saying, it's like, you already have that in the Old Testament, that, you know, you you have God just meeting out punishment on everyone, and in the midst of the darkness, there's blessing. I mean, so this is like a Good Friday moment, um, you know, yeah. well in bc times it's not as if you know the the apostles kind of like made up this sort of spiritual like oh okay well maybe god won't bless us physically but he'll bless us spiritually like no like th- this very mixed real life picture where life is not just black and white that's what the prophets of the old testament mm-hmm. even talked about
1: oh absolutely you know this is one of the things i have been preaching a lot on i i, I i've been hammering away on isaiah Yeah. Um, you know during Advent, you know, and it's just one. Of, you know the the two readings that we've had in the three year series in Isaiah. You know, oh my goodness, you understand why they speak of Isaiah as the fifth evangelist. Yep. You know, when you get into that when you get into that last book, you know, forty to sixty six, you sit there and you go. It, I mean, you know, the the only thing that doesn't happen is Jesus jumps off the page and whacks you in the nose. I mean, yeah. I, mean you know, I mean, it, it is, it, but it is so patently obvious it's so patently obvious and, and even when you know and it's so patently obvious that, that you sit there and you go now i understand why jesus got so frustrated with the pharisees he says guys you search this book and thinking by thinking that in the searching you have eternal life but wait a minute wait a minute they speak about me i am that you know, and in fact, we had sixty-one last. You know, I preached on sixty-one this past weekend. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 you could put the words of Isaiah. 61, you, you you are not wrong when you put the words of Isaiah sixty-one on the lips of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying, "This is what I'm going to do for you." You know, in tying that tying it into the jubilee. And, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and, and so so it's all over the place. And anybody anybody who says there's no, you know, it, you you're, you know you're dealing with a scriptural neophyte when they sit there, And then can you read the Old Testament because it's about all kinds of nasty stuff. No, it's not. You know, it you, you need to have that, you need to have the salt in there so that you can understand the sweet. You yeah. know, you, you, well, yeah. you the, it's not a box of Twinkies. It's not a box of Twinkies. <laughs> You've got to chew on it. It's a substantial yeah. meal. But yeah. when you find it, you go, oh goodness, yeah. and you're in awe. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. It's, 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 this is not just, you know, pie in the sky. It's not the Twinkies. I mean, this, this is a real-life gospel for a real-life world and, and real-life people, um, and, and that's certainly what you have here in, in Zephaniah. And, and, and I think, yes, I, I think we want to we see both. I mean, because I, I agree that you just see so much of this how, um, yeah, it's as if the Lord himself could have just spoken these exact words when he was walking around Jerusalem you know uh, hundreds of years later right
1: because um, there's, because there's no difference in first century Judaism and Old Testament Israel there's no difference and yeah. and in the same way there's no difference with 21st century people in our world today that the the Israel that parks their fannies in, in in my pews on Sunday morning or you know watches it virtually or don't get me started uh <laughs> you know but but you know the these this whole you know the same the, the same challenges that 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 they faced when they thought the problem was Assyria, but it was really Babylon, um, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, and what do we do? We're we're, we're looking at, you know, uh, you know, we look at some of these modern day things. Oh, our problem is X when it's really going to be Y. And, and and we're looking in the wrong place, and that's what you know. That's what the devil does. He he uses the sleight of hand to get us looking in the wrong place, so that he catches us off guard with that crazy little question. Did God really say that?
0: Well, right, no, no, and, and I think um, yeah, you, you mentioned sleight of hand. I mean, there, there is a lot of. I mean, this is a uh, right. This is the age I, I think of uh, of Judah that would uh, would also make a fantastic uh, like Netflix series or something. But I mean, oh, you, you've sure. got a uh, you know Amon who only reigns for for two years because he's put to death by his own officials. Um, you know, he's succeeded by Josiah, and Josiah is going to end up dying um, in battle, not with the Assyrians, but actually, and not even with Babylon, right? But with Egypt, right? Yeah. So. Where, you know, we didn't see that coming, right? Um, but so, so you've got all kinds of stuff going on. It's, as you said, you know, like th- we thought we could, you know, buy off the bully, but that wasn't going to get us true peace. So, um, I, I think we need to start here by just kind of going back to chapter one and saying, okay, like, so wh- where are we situated here? Because like Hezekiah, you know, his great grandfather. Uh, Josiah has a very mixed reign. There's a, there's a turning point uh, where there. I mean there's there's this repentance. So he he does you know it's good news right? Spoiler. He does seem to actually heed the word of Zephaniah and repent right. right? Um, so so yeah. So we gotta like situate ourselves first of all in, in what is the situation that he's in, and then get to like you were saying, see how this operates on those few different levels. We'll talk about that when we get back. Everybody taking a short break here on Thy Strong Word as we look at Zephaniah. Be right back.
2: On this Monday, December 14th, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, the Ponovus family. The Ponovus family made a gift to KFUO Radio in celebration of KFUO's 95th birthday today and in celebration of Nancy Ponovus and in loving memory of Nancy's husband, Lynn, both of whom were also born on this day, December 14th. Thank you to the Ponovus family for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO day sponsors.
1: The Missouri Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Guard will pay up to 100% of your tuition for up to 39 credit hours per academic year at 90 colleges
2: and tech schools across the state. You're eligible as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time in the Missouri Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association in this station. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518 We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station worldwide, KFuo.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. We're looking at Zephaniah chapter two, uh, but we're looking really kind of at the whole whole book a little bit here as we consider just the situation here, uh, this big turning point where we are we are starting to see. Hey, uh, the biggest problem here isn't the one that we're dealing with right now with the Assyrians, but it's actually still yet to come. That was the point that our guest today was making, Pastor Nathan Metter, uh, joining us today, pastor of St. John Lutheran Church and School uh, in Plymouth, Wisconsin. And we were uh, before, <laughs> yes, I mean talking also uh, a ref for uh, high school basketball, and uh, you say you say
1: co- coach high school football too. No, I, I actually, I actually work. I actually referee high school football as well. Ah, oh, okay, okay, very at good. At one very point, good. at one point, I did five sports. Now I'm down to three: football, basketball, and volleyball.
0: Uh, well, very. I mean, very good. I mean, yeah, like we but were saying, you, what, got, you end up moving boat. around just uh, yeah, as you go up and down the field. But yeah, so a man, a man of many talents here, and and we're looking here and appreciating just what everything that Zephaniah and I is saying. Um, there there's there's a lot that we could. I mean, we were just talking about this in the first half hour. how how you really could just see how this works on just so many different levels if you got a question or comment for us and you're listening live give us a call 1-800-730-2727 or if you're in st louis 314-821-0850 you can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org just got a few email questions here um so, I guess like, one of the, the questions here is like you know, so like where where should like uh, the emphasis be here, like the the coming of the Lord or the the wrath here, right? Because the wrath is pretty prominent <laughs> in Zephaniah. Um, and kind of another part of the questions here. Uh, hopefully we uh, yeah maybe we can take a look at more more than more than one of them here here. Um, but is the day of the Lord here in the text the same or similar as the trumpet judgments in the Book of Revelation? Yeah, I mean, I think we were kind of making some of those connections before the break. Well, wanna, we'll want to yeah. talk about that because there's there's some important connections and also differences. I think.
1: Um, right. Well, and, you know, and, and that, that's one of those things. Everything, you know, th- this is the beauty of what what we have and what we have in the in the in the Old Testament prefigures what's going to happen right and it it, it it just keeps building upon, and if you're going to look forward from Zephaniah, you're going to see, oh yeah, this is just building. If you look backward from from your reading of the book of Revelation, you look at it and you go, "Oh, we can see this, we could see the storm, you know and, and this is one of the things you want to see God at work, you, you don't look forward, you don't try and di- you don't necessar- other than word and sacrament. Um, you don't. You, you, other than unless you're around Word and Sacrament, it's really hard to understand you know, how God is necessarily working right now. So often we you 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 can't. You know, I I may feel like God's working, but I can't really quantify the difference between God it being God at work or or the pepperoni pizza sitting bad in my stomach that I had for lunch. You know, um, but when you look back, you know, and, and you see, OK, this is where we're at. You look back and you go, oh, I could see how the storm clouds were building and we just didn't pay attention. Yeah. And and yeah. Then, so it so it builds and everything is, you know, and then it comes to its climax.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think so. and it's interesting that we had about uh, it was a, almost exactly one month ago that we had an electionary. Zephaniah one mm-hmm. seven to 16 um, that was in the, in the previous church year at the at the uh, what like the second to last Sunday yep. of the previous church mm-hmm. year, and, and it's interesting because you uh, and people have talked about this that this kind of seem, this seeming duality when you look at it that it kind of feels end timesy, um, but then you also kind of got something that that feels very adventy. Uh, those are some really technical adjectives. I, I realize. Apologize uh, yeah. for all the jargon today. Yeah, uh, <laughs> But but it's you know I, it's it, yeah right. But uh, it's uh, it's interesting because you know I was looking at um I, w- I was preaching on Mark thirteen a couple of weeks ago, and it, when you when you look at it, it, it feels very much like we're talking about. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, really the, the kind of the founding. What you might in a sense, let's say like the founding of the church age, that when you're talking about all that stuff of the trumpets and, and uh, revelation and the destruction of Jerusalem, we're talking about, you know, what happened in AD 70, which is really the this transformative moment where uh, the, the the worship of, of the Lord Jesus in and, and spirit and truth and baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit was no longer seen as um, just kind of this competing— um, Local interest in the religious life of Jerusalem, but was like a full fledged global movement that was really going to be the um, successor of the faith. Uh, the the the, uh, the not only really the successor um, in the sense of like something new, but like kind of like the next stage and and, and the true. Um, the heirs succeeding line, air, in, in, yes, an inheritance. yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, of of the Israelite faith, right? Um, and, and so, same thing with Zephaniah too. That, like, with all this stuff, that uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that it, there is the similarity that this is. You can read this as talking about the beginning of that church age, um, in in some respects. Um, also got a couple questions on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa, if you want to follow the live stream. So is this before or after Josiah finds the Book of the Law and reads the horror of most of Deuteronomy 28? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and trying to, like, establish kind of when this happens, maybe we can kind of look at that in these first six verses before we do so. Uh, I want to make sure I thank our underwriters of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Thank you, guys, for your support of Thy Strong Word. So yeah, Pastor Metter, what do you think? Um, you know, when you when you get this introduction here, also interesting too that you have a son of Hezekiah. There's there's a, there's a right. name that we are like, huh? Yeah, so I don't know. What, how do you kind of situate this and like where? When exactly is Zephaniah coming to Josiah here?
1: Well, I, I think you know when it, when it comes to I, I think as you follow it along, he he's intentionally making the, the. It's not an accident when you bring in when he when he makes this the stretch back to Hezekiah. You know, because Hezekiah is a high water mark, and then also the beginning of the of the of the, the descent down. Um, you know, and, and I think he's preparing, uh, he's 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 drawing that that connection, he's setting it in context, because this is the the bookends of the generations, and, and you know, and Josiah, you know, Josiah is, is he's different than the ones immediately before him, because the ones immediately before him were not good. Um, and, and, and you get Josiah that comes in, and, and, um, and I think you know, when, when we talk about where does this fit with him reading the book of the law, I think Zephaniah, I think you, you're following the preaching, Zephaniah is setting the stage so that when they find the book of the law and he reads right. it, he's ready for it. You yep. know, and so it's setting the stage for what's going to happen. You know, God doesn't let anything. You know, there, there, nothing happens by chance. There's nobody's anywhere by accident. But and I think this, 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 this little beginning uh, at, at the beginning of chapter one sets it on. You know, makes the connection to Hezekiah on purpose. Okay, you're going to be good, but it's not going to end good. And, yep. and and yet, yet you're not on your own. You're not on your own, even as this. Even, you know, again, it's said, you, know, you, hate, you, you don't want to be, you know, spoiler alert, the problem's really Babylon, okay? The mm-hmm. problem's really Babylon, and oh yeah, by the way, Hezekiah knew that, you know? Mm-hmm. Hezekiah knew that, why? Because he showed him everything! Yeah. <laughs> you know, they knew, you know, he showed him the, in, you know, you know, the, only thing. the only thing, you know, there's nothing in the text, but you wonder if he even showed him the inside of his underwear drawer or something, because he showed him everything! And right. and this is setting the stage for what's going to happen. Yeah,
0: I, I think so. I, I think that you know we, um, I, I think I think we overestimate. I guess sometimes. Um, well, yeah, actually, we kind of constantly overestimate this biblical competence. Uh, you know, I, not not just in the ancient uh, context, but in our own. <laughs> I, I think I think we kind of assume often that just well, just pick up the Bible and everything will make sense or everything will be clear. When typically, actually, you get
1: that little cringe reaction when when somebody that's under your care says, "Yep, Pastor, I'm just going to read it from cover to cover." You know, you just go, oh, oh, oh,
0: this yeah. is going to get yeah, yeah, no, no, that's right, that's right, yeah, no, because yeah, I, I, I think,
1: is good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the experience that we have, commonly enough, anyway, is that when you actually start digging in and reading the Bible, that's when all the questions start coming. You're like, hang on a second, you know, and you really start having to grapple with stuff, and things are going to get darker and more uh, complex and more confusing before they they get clearer. And and so, um, I, I think you do see this as a pattern that you know whether it's Hezekiah or whether it's going to be Josiah, yeah, you you have to have somebody there, right? I mean, I remember. I remember, uh, you know, with like the uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, right? And he's like, "Well, how am I supposed to understand this if somebody doesn't right. like teach this to me, right?" And that, and that, I think is is the point again and again. Like, you you need to have somebody, uh, like a, a member of the body of Christ, there because it's Christ who speaks the word of God. Um, it, it's not, it, you know, it, it's is not a this is not a a very Muslim approach, which, which does say that, you know, this book like fell, like, you know, in, in, in the Arabic language, like fell from heaven, like in that form, like that's no, it's not below. Yeah, I know. Right. Like it's, it's not a, we're we're not a people of the book in the same sense. Um, We're we're first of all people of the Messiah of the King. Um, And the the reason why this is, this is a valuable thing is uh, because it's about him it's not the other way around it's not like he has value because he's like such a good bible expert or something like that but it's it's right. the other way around because the bible is a, is a jesus expert so um yeah i think i think that's right that you got to see this as uh you know like what were they, what were they going to do with the book of the law if they didn't have zephaniah to prepare him for it i mean well, they wouldn't have known i mean that well, from from the toilet paper so yeah, you it, had to have the prophet to make it plain
1: right you know and this is one of the this is one of the things that you know if you don't I, I often use, at the risk of going too far afield, but then this is our normal time. Um, yeah, right. uh, but but the the reality is, if you read the Bible like you would, you know, if you would read the Bible like like you would watch or like you would read a, a Mitchner novel or or you know or, or uh, Charles Dickens or whatever, you know, it, it, it you lose your mind. You, you don't set it in the right context. You know, and, and you know, it's it's kind of like, and I I have this comparison when I teach my eighth graders. A lot of times we're talking about, we're in fact we we're just talking about it today. If you try and read, if you try and read the Bible from beginning to end, you will have as much sense having it having it make sense as if you try and watch Star Wars. From, from starting with starting with episode 1 and you see all these crazy people with all kinds of makeup in it there's no way you're ever going to get to Darth Vader and Leia and and on, and a Death Star going boom you got to start with the core of the story or, or none of it none of the rest of it makes sense yeah. You know, and, and it, so so this is one of those things, So, and for Josiah to, to get us back to Jeff, Zephaniah, without Zephaniah setting the stage properly, the book of, you're right, the book of the law is just, oh, huh, look at this little artifact, isn't that nice? Yeah. You know, yeah, no, let's move on right. to the next thing let's move on. But, and, and because he sets the stage, you know, you know, again, because he's setting the stage, the amazing thing about it is what is, what he, 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 he lowers this message. He drops this bomb on him. So what is, what is one of the things Josiah does? He starts to rebuild the temple. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, Hey, listen, Hey, how, Hey priest, how come you guys aren't using the money to fix the place? Yep. You know, you're, you're putting your own pockets, fix the place. And it, by the way, here's the crazy thing. It took him 23 years to get him to fix it. Yeah. You know, and finally, finally, he says, listen, you get no more money until you fix this place. Mm-hmm. And in the process, the worker, it's the, not the priests, the construction workers find the word mm-hmm. and they read it. There's something yep. to that. You know, yeah. it, it, you know, the, the ones who should know better don't. The ones who are like, hey, what's this? Oh, look at the scroll. Hey, and then they read it, and and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, what are we supposed to do? And they read it in front of everybody.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I really, I really think there is. Uh, yeah, that's that's well said, and it's really striking too. How, like you were saying, I mean, they're, they're doing this like extensive, extensive. I mean, Josiah is known as this great reformer, right? I think that when you talk about mm-hmm. reforming. Old Testament kings, Josiah is the one that comes to mind immediately. Um, and Hezekiah had a lot going on too, and di- and did a lot, uh, which is kind of confusing when you think about it. Because you're like, hang on a second, Hezekiah wasn't there just a few kings ago? Like, kind of early to start another reformation, right? But I mean, that's just the thing. I mean, like in the course of like we were saying, like you know, like uh, you know, like almost sixty years. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just the thing. Like, you know, uh, you know, we we think about it and we say like, oh, well, there was a reformation, you know, like not, not too long ago, you know, like with, uh, Martin Luther and all that. Like, well, no, that was, that was centuries ago. And reformation is not something that like, you can just, I don't know, do once a millennium and you're (laughs) you're, in your set. (laughs) Like reformation is something you got to be doing. Constantly, so I mean, we we as Lutherans, I I like the way this has been referred to sometimes uh, that you know it, uh, we're kind of like a reforming movement that you know you can't just rest on your laurels and just kind of say like well if we just kind of like repeat everything that Luther said like it'll be fine like no like you you have to wrestle for faithfulness in every generation.
1: Well, and, and that you and that is one of the things, and the worst part about it is if okay let's go back. You know, if you think of Zephaniah like Luther, or more more accurately, Luther like Zephaniah you know where 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 you have this warning where you have this reset and, and yet what happens as you read the scriptures each time they go backwards not only do they go backwards they go backwards worse you know so you yeah. so you go from reformation you know if you, you tie this into church history you go from reformation into orthodoxy which which is okay but then it slides into rationalism, and, and, and then you get all these isms, and you got rationalism, yeah. and which, yeah. is, which appeals to the brain, and then you got pietism, which appeals to the heart, and what you do is you lose the gospel in the middle, and it just gets worse, and, and, and it just it, it continues to unravel, and then you look at the, 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 the alphabet soup of American Christianity, it's the same thing. You know, we continue yeah. to unravel, which is one of those things, the Church is always... Reforming. Why? Because everyone, those who are those who are the component parts of the church are always reforming. That's baptismal. That that's the daily repentance that we are called to in holy baptism. We need to, you know, the, it, it's not just the church. And this is why it's important for us individually to read this word because the same thing that applies to Josiah and and Judah apply to me, Nathan Metter, as a Christian. I I need. I I need to discuss I need to be led to rediscover this book of the law on a daily basis and be called back to the waters to be to be swept away again in the waters and and renewed again daily.
0: Well and, and, and that water important. language right I mean, so I think we appreciate that like on the as you were saying like the daily level that's how Luther talked about it that that baptism is in a sense a, a daily sacrament, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. it is repentance. Um, and yeah. then also, though, as you were saying, you know, seeing this language in chapter one um, and, and following, how it's, it's very uh, very much like Noah, very much like the flood, seeing it also as a, a once-in-a-generation thing, that every generation has to take stock of what's going on, and, you know, the body of Christ has to act together together. As one body and not just as a bunch of individuals looking inward and and, and thinking about our own, you know, uh, our own souls and our own piety, but but looking at the situation, the place where we've been put and saying, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's fascinating, right? Because, I mean, you just think think of Zephaniah as, you know, like, uh, th- think of the pitch, right? It's not like, well, guys, look, if you, if you can get it together, get your act together, right, and, and uh, put God first— you know, then disaster averted. You can be, you can be free. You don't have to be vassals to anybody. You can, you can be your own uh, country, free to be faithful, right? You, no, <laughs> that's not, that's not the pitch. It's like, right. well, no, you guys are totally doomed. You, you guys have totally messed up, and, and on the on the big macro level, uh, you're going to get wiped out like everybody else. But if you repent, then maybe some of you can maybe be hidden. Like I mean, I mean that's that's the pitch, right? I mean, it's perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord, Josiah. If you can get your act together, then maybe some tiny remnant can plunder the rest of the remnants. I, I mean, I mean that's 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 the hope. So it, it's okay. not it's not pie in the sky at all, and it is uh, I think very humbling then for us to to ask ourselves, okay. You know, as, as our generation goes, to what extent might we need to actually just kind of accept, right, that things are going to look worse before they look better and say, you know what? We're still going to band together as God's people, as a reforming movement, and we are going to repent together as a generation so that there can be some remnant that can at least plunder what's left.
1: Right. And, and the beautiful thing is, and the way, which, you know, the way you explained it was just perfect, you know, so often, you know, and I hear this, uh, you know, I have to be very, my, my Bible class gets, they, they I've, I've been here almost 12 years now, so I've kind of got them conditioned on this. They yeah. don't, uh, they, they, they don't slip into the transactional language on forgiveness. Yeah, I, right. I, I confess to get forgiven, you know, right. and, and, you know, there, there's no, there's nothing transactional in this prophecy, you know. Uh, you know the transaction is the bill is due. You're yeah. gonna pay it yeah. now. Yeah. You know, however, there is this because we know the nature. And, and again, this ties this ties into we know the nature of Yahweh. We know the nature of Yahweh. How many times has Yahweh relented of his disasters? you know and, and and you're right not everybody's going to not everybody's going to get it not everybody's going to want to in fact some more of our, in fact so many of them are going to put their thumb firmly to their nose and wiggle their finger at god and say mm-hmm. bring it on big guy and they're going to be in deep, deep trouble but for those right who humble themselves who understand who they are before god you know a worm and not a man um, they're the ones that have that blessed opportunity of the nature and very heart of God. He will hide them.
0: So so it is then, when, when you look at that kind of bigger scale, right? I mean, Josiah does this, like you said, he struggles for it, to implement these reforms, to restore the worship in the temple, to to try to undo the disaster that's been wrought by um, Manasseh for, mm-hmm. I mean, like a generation and a half Right. Basically, I mean, just, you know, we, 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 sometimes in our American context, we complain about like, oh, the, the wrong party's going to be in control for like, you know, four, or eight years and do irreparable damage. But Manassa ruled for 55 years. Right. So, um, so, so, yeah. So he does all of this. But I mean, it's, uh, I, I mean, and, and it's going to be a big, re- uh, it's going to be a big reform. It's, it's going to be like a lot of good things. He's going to become known, yeah, as, as kind of like the ultimate reformer king. But, I mean, Judah is never going back to being as good as it was. I, I mean, right. it doesn't matter how hard, like you said, it's not a transaction. This isn't a deal. You can't buy off God and say like, oh, well, look, I, I repented and did all this stuff. So like you have to make things go well for me. No, after Josiah, um, you know, uh, uh, Joyahaz is going to reign for like three months. And uh, Kim and Joachim are, I mean, they're, they're just more... They're even more puppet-like <laughs> than than the uh, the Syrian vassals of mm-hmm. of uh, of Judah, um, and and that really is just going to be kind of how it goes until Jesus Christ. I mean, it really it really is fascinating that um, as much as Judah's going to do and as faithful as Josiah is going to be as a king, um, like you said, like there's there's just no avoiding this, and and so that I think feels a lot like what our Lord's Going and talking about, what John the Baptist, like what we heard this this last weekend in the three year lectionary, right? Is talking about like, hey, repent. Um, it's not going to change the fact that the axe is already at the roots of the tree. It's it's that's happening regardless, guys. Mm-hmm. But repent anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, uh, you, you, know you you've earned this, uh, and repentance, repentance is not a it's not an appeal to a transaction. It's an appeal to the very heart of God and 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 it, it 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 is a it's an appeal that has come to us you know we know who he really is you know he's re, you know and he is replete with evidence throughout the scripture of who he really is you know it's one of these things when you hear somebody who says you know, um, you know oh god is so vengeful and god is so mean and god is so awful and i say have you even read the book yeah. you know you cannot come to that conclusion unless you've read the book you know, if, you, if you've read the book, let me rephrase that, you cannot come to that conclusion if you've read the book. Because how many times does God over and over and over and over again, you know, just the book of Judges alone, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, my yeah. goodness. At some point, you think somebody'd slap somebody around and say, enough, and start yeah. over. But he doesn't. Yeah. You know, and it just keeps building and building and building and building and building until that promise is fulfilled
0: in Jesus. Well, and I think that that, that answers uh, one of those email questions, like, you no, know, where, where's the emphasis here? I mean, certainly I think Zephaniah spends most of the ink here, I mean, talking about this judgment and its inevitability. I'm reminded of how when Joseph is interpreting the dream of Pharaoh and he says, like, well, look, you've got this same dream twice because it's going to happen soon. Um, and And that kind of idea that he's kind of prophesying this... Um, and, and he just keeps mentioning, you know, like the, the chaff, the fire, the destruction. It's because this is happening really soon. Like all all this disaster is just is just going to be happening. Um, it's not like a, you know a century from now or something right. like that. So it's happening soon. And yet, like you said, just to to have in the midst of all of that hope, right? That that the humble of the land might be hidden. That right. there's going to be a remnant. That even after all this still survives. I mean, like, it's just one of those things, right, where it's just like, you can speak, you know, 99 words of law, but if somehow after all of that, one word of gospel comes out at the end, how much does that one word weigh? I mean, that's that's like the deciding vote. That just overturns the whole verdict. I mean, I mean, and that's and that's what we have in Christ ultimately. That you, if you can have all of this bad news and all this bad repetition of the cycle, and that, yeah, you get to John the Baptist and and the Lord, and it's like, yeah, guys, Jerusalem's actually going to be destroyed again. The temple's going to be destroyed again, and kind of finally this time. And yet, if there can
1: still be an end, yet,
0: I mean, how weighty and powerful is, is that second shoe dropping?
1: Absolutely. You know, you sit there and, you know, and of course, you know, those days that we were in hom class and they would measure the amount, you know, I had a prof, you know, God bless him, who actually, you know, counted the gospel words or gospel phrases, you know, and you go back to the wall, or gospel must predominate. Well, let me tell you something. You yeah. know, I, I get that for the most part. But there are certain texts where that one little nugget yeah. of gospel yeah. just explodes. On, you know, It explodes on the darkness like you're flipping the light switch on in a pic, uh, on, the, on the pitch black basement. Yep. All of a sudden, that one LED light right in the middle of the basement, yep. you flip it on and boom! And you yep. sit there and you go, oh my goodness. And that's the way the gospel works, especially in the prophets. It is layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of darkness. And then all of a sudden, wham! And, there, and you go, thanks be to God. That's all you can say because you understand you don't deserve a lick of this because of the layers that the that the prophets lashed us with, and yet, perhaps. And you go, ooh, life raft. Thanks be to God.
0: Uh, a- amen. And so, you know, as we look at this in our own situation, I, I feel like it's not difficult for us to, in some ways, identify Assyria in, in our own day and age, right? It's like, well, what, what do you have that seems to be the kind of you know, prevailing superpower that just seems to always rule and to go on killing in injustice generation after generation, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kind kind of scary to be uh, Jonah uh, when you're standing in Nineveh. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, yeah. But, I mean, like you were saying, like in the midst of all this darkness, and we, and we keep getting it, right? Like, you know, it seems like every week there's just some other uh, thing of, you know, bad news about, you know, you know I was just, I was sent something yesterday just about, you know, the increasing godlessness um, among among the youth of the nation and how it has to do with the, uh, you know, increased control on education and then this and that. And, and you know, I, I had a couple of missionaries that came by in front of my house, and they were like, you know, yeah, it can be discouraging. It feels like just some people are, like, losing faith, and it just feels like we're just being bombarded with this message of negativity every day. But— but man, the fact that the gospel still goes on in face of all of this—I mean, I, I think like you're—you're you're just absolutely right. It's like the Christmas lights in the darkness here. Like there, there is there is hope, and even if things apparently get worse, just looking at the big picture in our generation, uh, the big big picture is the Lord Jesus reigns no matter what.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen to that.
0: Well, brother, it's, uh, it has been a joy and an honor and a privilege um, and just a lot of fun to, to have these conversations with you. Um, pray for me that I, that I can wrap up this dissertation in a timely fashion.
1: <laughs> Amen, and, brother. Uh, You'll get it. <laughs> yeah,
0: thank you, brother. And uh, yeah, God bless. God bless everybody pastor Nathan Matter pastor at St John Lutheran Church Plymouth Wisconsin all right going on to the next book of the Bible here in the home stretch until then I'm pastor AJ Espinosa
2: peace been listening to Thy Strong Word produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate office of National Mission in cooperation with worldwide KFUO the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting By Strong Word.